welcome back everybody and welcome to it if this is uh your first time listeners out there shout out to you guys shout out to the polar bears the people back in the polar kingdom welcome this is polarized podcast glad to have you in here this is uh just for anybody who doesn't know this is a podcast about movies specifically movies that are polarizing in the sense of rotten tomato scores sometimes critics love it sometimes audiences hate it vice versa the movies that have the largest discrepancies between the two is what we get into here today big we're continuing on with our uh series of video game movies for all you gamers out there i'm hoping you're having a great time we are by and large having a good time as well i mean i god i was having a great time after the last episode really uh was thrilled about warcraft if you haven't listened to that go ahead and check it out but yeah today the movie we are talking about is resident evil the 2002 movie starring mila jolovich what up uh the score for this movie is 35 percent rotten for critics 67 percent uh enjoyed fresh uh, you know popcorn if you will uh by the audience so this is definitely another audience movie which is really just a consistent theme in the video game series really hard to get those critics on board with something that they really just always seem to know jack shit about and come into this uh you know just judging it as a movie which you know there's nothing inherently wrong with that but uh it, they seem to always be um uh, let down uh with that mentality so maybe it would be time i would implore all you critics out there maybe uh change your fucking perspective <laughs> but you know i nonetheless i mean maybe this isn't the movie i should be championing that per- changing perspectives on um but yeah so we're talking resident evil uh in order for me to talk about this movie i'm gonna need some help talking about it because there's no way i'm gonna be able to well maybe i could talk a whole <laughs> long time about this movie uh because this is quite the movie pretty crazy stuff uh definitely kooky uh loud <laughs> also uh i will first and foremost the way i would describe this movie from jump is loud it is in a very loud movie even in the critics consensus on rotten tomato loud is an adjective used for this movie and i could not agree more it is shocking how weird the mix of this is but again i digress we'll get into it i want to intro my forever guest my co-host my uh the man uh, the co-man of the house and uh the polarized <laughs> podcast kingdom uh, uh, Mr. James Lindsay, how the house over here? Yeah. I, uh, I pre- I'm presiding over my polarized kingdom. <laughs> Hello, polar bears. <laughs> what up, great Brandini? How, how's it going? With this, uh, God, you you just made me try. I was trying to think of like if I were to categorize movies that were both kooky and loud. Like, what other kooky and loud movies would be out there, for better or worse? Because this one, yeah. is, maybe is like kooky and loud and not a very fun way because it sounds like no it could be like a roger rabbit that's like oh well that's roger rabbit's like kooky and loud that's fun Mm -hmm. like i'll i'll Mm -hmm. I'll jump into a movie like that but this is kooky and loud if like fat boy slim uh found his way into the walking dead and was djing while uh they were fighting zombies Yeah, but then also just not. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because I would even imagine that you know, Fat Boy Slim not get like I don't know. There, there's weirdly a disconnect in all so many things, and I'm sure we'll talk about them plenty. But if there, there's a lot of things at play here, and they don't really work, or it just it seems like there are a lot of inputs that come together, and it just 
it, it seems far away from the source material. It seems way too much of the time. And it just, there's so many contributing factors. And again, the music at times that, you know, we were joking in text as uh, I'm sure like I was watching it. I don't know where you guys were at having seen it, but I was just completely blown away time and time again about how, like the music is so loud. I can't hear what people are saying. I, it also is like, Oh, this doesn't really go with the, what should be the mood of this scene. And it, yeah, can consistently at a point in press where I'm like, wow, man, they just either, you know, needed to get these songs in there or it was like a note. I just, I, I uh, uh, going down the whole note train too, is like I'm it, this movie. Yeah, seems like a bunch of notes were given and it was workshopped to death in a lot of ways. Like, oh, people aren't going to get it. You know, you got to add this. You got to do that. So we got to get teenagers in the seat. So it's got to have a couple different things, you know, like features to it, you know, w- uh, ways of approaching the source material, so on and so forth. That just like uh, is befuddling. <laughs> but, I'm just so yeah. glad we like already bringing up music or like at the beginning, because this just this is just purely an audio medium we're on right now as, is a podcast, but this movie made me realize how important audio is in an audio visual medium, such as a movie, how big it is at play of just like, it's one thing if like, if, you know, nowadays people criticize like Christopher Nolan for his mixes and music or yeah, sound right. effects being Great too loud, example. but at least they're like, they're, it's, it's still it, cohesive within what's going on in this movie. I was, actually frustrated during scenes of like being so jarred with the music to the actual events that were happening that I'm, it's really important to bring that up at the beginning because it informs so much of like your uh, entertainment value and enjoyment of this movie is, is that factor of it. Cause like you could be watching something that you really enjoy, but if something's just like, Hey, 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 and you're yeah. here the whole time. Like, Hey, Hey, listen to me. Hey, listen to me. And you're like, I'm trying to pay attention here. It's just like, that's what it feels like sometimes is like, like something just like yelling in my ear. Like it, while I'm at the movie theater, someone's got their phone and they're just blasting like fucking crystal prodigy on their <laughs> crappy phone or in the background. Uh, uh, <laughs> but enough, oh, enough. We, we, no, we, we, we got a, we got a wonderful guest that I would, we love, got a one, would love for yeah. you to, uh, to segue Absolutely. us into because it's not just us two chumps. No, we have been graced by the wonderful presence of a good friend of mine, a uh, new to podcasting, but not new to video games. Not, of course, not new to movies. Could you imagine if you were new to movies and you oh, did this? Wow. That would be that, that would have been what a movie. <laughs> what a movie to start! Man, his yeah. first movie was this. They would probably be a psychopath. Maybe um, we should find someone who's never seen a movie. Annoying. That'll be our next guest. That'd be amazing. That would be so fun. Okay. Well, anybody out there who has never seen a movie, but weirdly listens to a movie podcast, that's how they do it. You know, they're like, I don't really care about watching movies. You're going to watch, you're gonna watch <laughs> Mortal Kombat, the movie. <laughs> you're going to watch Pokemon, the first movie. <laughs> what is a movie? Oh, this. Okay. You're going to watch the Emoji movie. <laughs> oh god all right i'm sorry That's, yeah I'm sorry. we we can just keep going okay so yes uh no, let's go down more no <laughs> more examples more examples more examples please oh <laughs> but yeah no uh welcome to the podcast mr edgar how's it going hey, it's going great i'm excited to be here first podcast long time listener so i'm really excited to be on this oh, and really you. discuss this gem slash um interesting movie i think you guys hit the nail on the head the music is blaring is it's just blaring out 
Um, and it's, it's ten, uh, was it tone death at times? And that was disappointing mm-hmm. to see, but I know we'll get into that here in just a sec. There's oh, a yeah, lot absolutely. of tones. It's like tone death, but it's like too much at one time. So it just all like is a big Brown. Like it's just a, like, it, it all just cancels each other out. I, I don't know. It doesn't, and it just doesn't offer anything at a certain point when it's like, ah, I'm just trying to like focus in on, on something. But before we mm. even get into, you know, we've, we've touched on the movie already. We got our, our lovely guests in here, and I think it'd be fun to just uh, talk about the video games for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear Edgar, because I think just to, you know, put some context in here is that we were hanging out watching uh, Spider-Man and we were just yep. shooting the shit about movies. And then, uh, you know, you maybe had asked me about what video games I was playing. And I told you that, you know, um, some of the video games that I was playing, not even Resident Evil, really, at the time. And then you had brought up that you had purchased the collector's pack or what is it what is it the bundle bundle yep and it was like oh oh no way you well shit we're doing this thing you gotta hop on but uh, yeah because it seems like yeah please explain your history with the franchise absolutely so my earliest memories of the resident evil franchise were from the playstation one days i'll never forget this first video game literally gave me nightmares i was at my cousin's house he started it and at the time it was the intro of the of the video game but it's like it was like a live action shots it wasn't cgi it wasn't old school playstation one graphics it was actual real live actors uh what's it called portraying the scene when they were out in the forest and then they all escaped the zombie or the dogs and they ran into the to the mansion oh wow. that first that first scene scared me and then when you find the i'm sure we all know if we play the first video games when you encounter the very first zombie that terrified me i was oh I must my have god been, I must have been eight years old. I don't know. My math could be wrong, but that terrified me as a kid. Finally, years later, I grew up, grew a pair, played Mm -hmm. them, enjoyed them, and really just continued to play them up until probably within the last 10 years I stopped playing because I had kids. But um, they are definitely near and dear to my heart. So one of my favorite series of video games ever. Amazing to hear because I I feel like I'm relatively new to the franchise because, you know, me and James have already talked about on the other episodes because we, you know, like Uncharted, you know, kind of talking about Naughty Dog. Um, Yeah, like the... uh, there's a we have a blind spot when it comes to the more like older PlayStation games, uh, because, you know, we just I I came in on the PlayStation two. Well, yeah, like was it PlayStation two or PlayStation three? But it was like, regardless, it wasn't, you know, it was more so Nintendo, Xbox and things like that. So I just I wasn't really familiar with the yeah PlayStation one era and some of the PlayStation two stuff. Um, Maybe. Oh, uh yeah so maybe yeah didn't have any uh history with it but i have somewhat recently i was i'm trying to think of when i played biohazard because i that is the mm. first resident evil that i played and Ooh. completed um obviously i was aware of this movie because i definitely feel like i saw either this movie when it came out um or you know sometime after on because i mean regardless like growing up i love video games so video games or you know just has like a built-in audience that is myself included in that um but biohazard was the first one that i played and even then like i remember um starting biohazard at a point a couple years ago and i was so incredibly terrified by the game that i set it down i had played probably a grand (laughs) 15 minutes of it and then i put it down and i just never wanted to play it again then like during uh quarantine or whatever because yeah i james had mentioned maybe where we started recording about just playing video games that are scary because that's never been something that I've 
gravitated towards. I've always gravitated more towards like uh, action adventures, uh, sci-fi, things like that. Never really the horror genre. Um, and I, yeah, sacked a group pair, like you, you said, and uh, played Biohazard. And it was one of the coolest video games I've ever played. I will champion it as, you know, um, almost a, like a like a required reading, if you will, because it is incredibly scary. It is uh, has great puzzling in it. Also includes great first person, you know, shooting action kind of stuff where you're like, you know, have to get involved with the environment, kind of have to move through things where it really requires timing and all of that. And um, yeah, man, I just I love it. Played Biohazard, then um, did Village after you know once that came out. I played Village and really great too not as good as biohazard i wouldn't you know it would be something that i would suggest like yeah if you play the other ones check it out if you like the franchise but since this is something i want to you know i'm going to uh, transition into that i want to get edgar your perspective on and then james you can chime in if you want about like video this franchise has horror game like more focused games in its um and it's franchise older ones, older ones yes yeah. well and, and biohazard for sure it biohazard, and, yeah. um well, it and then action like adventure stuff and it's yeah. more so about like straightforward killing more like this movie if anything where it's less about being scared and more so about like just killing zombies and having different monsters that you kill and so on and so forth. And it's just much more action based, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to you where, you know, which side do you lean more towards enjoyment wise, like the more horror or more the adventure. And then, um, I, we, like what is the best resident evil of the franchise? I don't know how many of these you've played, but yeah. What, what would you say? So it's, it's interesting. So I, I don't know how old the franchise is now. It's like, what, it has to be 20, 25 years old at this point. Easily now. 25, yeah. Yeah, so it's gone through different identities, different, obviously, it's, it's fans have grown up, they change, the times change. So when it, I first started, it was survival horror, scary as hell, um, very similar. I, I, also, I never played, finished it, but Dino Crisis was, was also a Capcom game. You're fighting dinosaurs versus zombies, but it was still that Capcom was really into that survival horror correct me if I'm wrong, I think Silent Hill is also a Capcom game, so... It is no. Konami. Konami. But nonetheless, okay. like, we're talking it, about ja Japanese uh, survival horror game, games. Game was, companies and yeah, publishers was, and whatnot. That, that was the so. it thing. I think Resident Evil really started that genre way back in the day when it first came out, so that's when I got into it. So I played 1, 2, and 3 survival horrors, that weird, funky third-person camera like in the corner of, your of the room and you're just kind of uh -huh. walking around really funky to get used to at first but once you get used to it it was great so i played them i enjoyed them um i enjoyed them so much that when they re-released the first version on the nintendo ds i don't know if you guys ever played that one mm, um no, no. so they re-released the first one um they ported it to nintendo ds i bought it i played it again loved it um it, it was just that resident evil day. one resident evil one they for whatever reason nintendo re-released it on the nintendo ds and then uh, we get to the GameCube days, and then they remade Resident Evil 1 with updated graphics for, what, mid-2000s at that point when the GameCube came out. And holy crap, high-definition zombies. Um, it it got looked scarier. really good. It came out around the time of this movie, I think, and it was, like exactly. launched, launched with the GameCube. 
Exactly. So it was it was yeah. darker. It was scarier because the first one, I feel like it was still scary. I guess, and, and I guess we, yeah, pretty heavily to the first one, because I, even though I damn it, I really wanted to beat the whole thing. And I looked at a walkthrough while the walkthrough helped me a little bit talk about it and why a walkthrough is so necessary in those games. And yes. Get into that. But like um, I am pretty much I would say probably uh, like 20, 30 minutes away from be- completing uh, Resident Evil on pc now and it, it it is so fascinating that like camera stuck in locations but it adds such a thematic element to it and also adds which i th- i want to say you know it adds a level of difficulty that i find have found more so in these japanese publisher games that i missed out on from the playstation era where especially with kojima stuff um that i'm now starting to get more familiar with is like there's these weird like technical elements of it that seems more so of restrictions that are then co-opted into like making the game more difficult almost purposefully like even though it's like i'm sure it's just a limitation from the hardware or whatever but the way that they do it is is they really are turning uh, you know uh lemonade out of lemons where they're like well we can't do these things but if we do it in this particular way it elevates it to where it seems like mm-hmm. oh it's just a it's a feature rather than a bug and it's just a- absolutely fascinating well from like a person great. who's played a fair amount of monster hunter and also a capcom game that's like the whole thing with monster hunter is how obtuse playing that game is but how rewarding it is to like fully dive into it and and, and invest in it and that's so cool, Brandon, that you're going back through it. These remasters that they've been coming out with, I think, are really well done. So much so that I picked up the second one as well uh, last week when we just, or sorry, two weeks ago when we decided to do Resident Evil. And then I played and beat it. And that one took me about seven hours. And it was like masterfully done as far as a remaster goes. Like it, it was, and I, I didn't obviously didn't play the original, but if it came out today, without it ever having an original version, just as it is, just to come out as it is, it's a, it's an amazing game that tells a full story uh, that is, you know, as old and played out as zombie sort of stuff is, it's such like a fresh sort of uh, take on it. But also at the same time, you can see those action elements start to creep up a little bit more in the second one, even more so. I'm I even started the third one today in preparation for the podcast and everything and, oh, wow. and, and dabbled nice. in it. And that one you can, I can already tell is getting a little bit more action packed. The fourth one is the supposed favorite that's being remade next March. Definitely going to jump into that. And then the ones we have played, I, I, Brandon and I, we played through, I believe five together on the co-op version. Yes. Uh, it was five I or six. That. I think it was five, but both five and six have co-op and they are like all action. It's like all action co-op. Uh, have have a blast like killing a bunch of zombies it's still kind of corridors and you know you don't have full range of motion you kind of have it's a little stilted um but then it's interesting to see them go into a first person seven fully horror sort of sort of game like that oh, and back to the roots yeah it's and it's yeah. really cool to see franchises uh rise and fall in that way and 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 focus on different things and then take things away and add things we were big, big James Bond fans. You know, you see them add too much and go too far in one direction yes. and they have oh. to take it away and yep. kind of restart again. However, if I'm going back to the movie, this movie starts at like fucking 9.7 and then there's only, and then they just keep going, going. breaking the scale. It seems like with the rest right. of the franchise and the movies, cause I haven't even seen the rest of the movies, but I see the trailers and stuff. I'm like, 
they started from action, no, like barely any horror. And then they just did more and more action and just more crazy shit. And it would have been more interesting to see it have those flourishes like the video game franchise to be like, start from maybe maybe more of a horror direction and kind of move into an action direction or something. But now they just kind of went into this whole, uh, Whack it! What is it, Brandon? Kooky and loud, sort of. Sort Kooky and loud, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so how? So Edgar, what? So you played through the first? You played through the originals, like you're you're. I mean, <laughs> you're 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 a master at this point uh, of Re- of Resident Evil. Did, how far did you go? Did you get to two, three, or four? Or any of the? I got so of all the original. So I played the original one, two, and three on PlayStation One. Wow. Of those original ones, three was probably my favorite because cool. of Nemesis nemesis that game was scary because the elements uh it was just uh what's it called nemesis would just come out out of a wall you had no idea when he would come out so if you guys ever played alien isolation yeah you know the the alien would just come out of nowhere Mm -hmm. yes that game okay i'm I'm very slowly growing a pair as you guys have said it's like i used to hate i used to be too scared of these kind of games and alien that was one that that yes sucked me in Kind of similar aspects where Nemesis would just come out of nowhere. You're just in the oh, middle of a corridor, boom, so he comes stressful. out of nowhere, and you have to either run or fight. So it's very stressful, of course, low on ammo, low on health. So it's it's crazy. It's yeah. very, very well made. But um, just kind of going back to the movie, I think for me, I love the horror, survival horror of those. And when the, the horror movie came, parts are the best. Yeah. It was the best parts. It's and when I, parts of the when I heard, mm-hmm. when I was the 2002, I must have been, gosh, I don't know, ninth grade maybe? I was so excited to see like, oh, heck yeah, we're going to make a Resident Evil movie, expecting a horror movie. And when I saw it, it was um, not this, not what I was expecting. <laughs> a little <laughs> underwhelming. To put, it, to put it lightly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was a lot of hype. I remember at the time people were very excited. And I, and I think that, yeah, I do think now that I'm thinking about it, that game was coming out around that time. It was on people's brains and it was a remaster. So it was that sort of thing where it was like, Oh, this is so good that it's being done in a, in a new way in preparation for this movie. Um, yeah, I mean, a bunch of gamer gamers like Mio Jovovich and Fifth Element and, and everything like that. Uh, I just I just looked it up. The Resident Evil GameCube came out March 2020, uh, 2002. Same, same year. Same year. Yeah. yeah. See, that's all that's all rushing back to me now that like that fervor that was people were fervent. As, as yes. one might say, for, <laughs> yeah. because it was the, the GameCube one was scarier. It was darker. It was, I would dare I say, a little bit more violent and more gory than the original ones, because obviously PlayStation one was limited by the technology. GameCube, definitely a big, big upgrade, you know, HD graphics and more realistic people and zombies, especially. But it was it that game was scary and it was mm. fun. Yeah, and that's technically the remake that I'm talking about having. Yes, that's right. It, and is the GameCube Resident Evil And that was perfect. I, you know, we always we always get scared of remakes because you know they might change too much from the source material. They did a little bit in the in that remake of the GameCube one and the one that you're playing now, Brandon, but they they only made it better. Um to me it was mm-hmm, it was sure. it was perfect. I loved it. And, oh, and I yeah, I would argue that it's not totally perfect and not it's not far off and the my criticisms of it would be especially you know having played the latter ones um that are really biohazard is a better version of the first one um is it is crazy how obtuse the puzzling and progression is because without a walkthrough i could imagine people really getting so incredibly discouraged by needing to have things in your inventory already 
after having gotten to a place that is lengthy to get to, and then nothing is ever really telling you too much about like, oh, you're going to need this thing, or this is going to require a key once mm-hmm. you get there, and you have to like go, and it's just also so incredibly easy to miss things in a room, yeah. even especially on a new PC where like it, obviously things are so much easier, clearer, and more detailed that you know I couldn't only imagine on the GameCube version where it would just be like so difficult to see like an actual 3D object as in the 2D rendering of the environment that that you're in where it's just like so easy to miss stuff but ultimately like it is scary and the puzzling is decent it's very complex so yeah all nonetheless you can see like how it inspired so many other games to be to be what they are and you know even we've we've talked about the naughty dog games we did uncharted and everything and it's like i don't even think uncharted or some like last of us could be what they are without some of these you know resident evil games because it's you can see in, you know, just the foundational elements of it. And I love you. I mean, you touched on it, you know, making the most of your limitations within a system and everything. And you look at that GameCube, like, man, man, like that GameCube, those, those graphics like look amazing. And the, the one that you're doing, I guess it is, is Brandini and uh, yeah. And I guess it's like the pre-render backgrounds and everything. And it just, it's a way to take advantage of the limited processing power, maybe of the time and make it look better Mm -hmm. than some games that are being made today. Um, And it's all for like an added effect. And that is usually executed very well in the games. I'm excited for number four. Leon's coming back from resident evil two. I I hear that one's like the best one. I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, But yeah, it's between all of us. It seems like we've run through the gamut of, of games. We got Edgar as like a master, uh, you know, yeah. sort of consultant of to the Resident Evil universe. Um, but like, what, what do you do? You, so you saw this movie in theaters, Edgar? Was it like a opening night? Was it, is, do you remember rem- specifically like that? Or is it was there a, just an underwhelming feeling associated with like coming out of it? Yeah. So I remember going with my best friend at the time. So we are we're in high school. Right. Must have been eighth grade, ninth grade now at this point. I can't remember. But yeah, we went to it. And because him and I were, we both like bonded over the Resident Evil. Well, he was a big video game guy too. So we bonded over video games, and Resident Evil was just one of our favorite series. And we went and we just, you're like, what the heck? But I also remember because like at the time, what Matrix movies were pretty mm, popular yeah, uh-huh. at the time, 99, 2000. A lot of movies. There's that, a lot of movies like Underworld. It, I Blade. felt like it's, it was Blade. Yes, exactly. So I felt like, for the time, maybe in that, maybe I was young and naive. I did like some parts of it. I did like it was a Resident Evil. It was becoming a little bit more mainstream because I feel like the Resident Evil games weren't as mainstream at the time and like they are now. So there's parts I liked as a kid. But then to me, ultimately, what disappointed me the most was there was no original characters from the video games. There was no like Jill, mm-hmm. uh, Chris, Wesker, Barry, like all the ones that made the first one, like those iconic characters, none of them. It was all totally. brand new story, brand new characters. And I was like, it was it just, it was cool. It was a different story, which I get. But I remember at the time, like, no, nah, I want to see Jill. I want to see Chris. I want to see Wesker. Um, that's There's what I was like so really much- wanted to see. Yeah, Mia Jovovich being the main character, and there was a lot going on with her that was not in any of the games. That was like right. new stuff. You're you're so, you're so right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I I just wanted to see like that, and I mean I don't want to get it too ahead because the other movies do introduce some of those original video game characters, which they finally get into. But that first one at the time, you know, not knowing that that the future movies came out was just like a letdown for me. It was fun. It was cool. Totally. It was different. 
But, you know, I think about also thinking back to another video game movie when the original Mario Bros. movie came out. Um, Oh, yeah. Even though it was the original characters, it was just completely far far (laughs) away Uh from the source material. So I was like, and I remember thinking, like, why do video game movies do this? Why don't they just like they have this great great plot, great Mm -hmm. story, and they just completely change it and butcher it. And I'm like, you have all this wonderful material to draw from. And they don't use it. And it's just like, come on, time and time again, video game movies did that at the time. And it just really disappointed me. It's yeah, strange. I mean, it's, it's hard to strike that balance of fan service and coming up with original ideas. And, and yep. I, I don't know, it's like they they borrow some some parts of it. But the thing that usually they miss out on is they borrow almost too much to the point. Sometimes where like the dialogue will sound like it's from the fucking video game or something where it's so stilted yeah. and boring and robotic that it's just like oh you guys didn't actually make like real characters at all and that's like a good opportunity to have and if you are going to go to a a different direction have a new story and everything like that i i will say it right now it's like this amnesia shit is just that trope just fucking sucks and like and the convenience of when memories come in and out and how fucking circumstantial it is and the reveal of the information just fucking lets all the air out of whatever sort of build up that they're trying with like her not remembering because it just leaves you at a disadvantage as the audience to be like well i'm going into the zombie movie and just like oh she's kind of the audience surrogate is the protagonist and we don't really know anything she doesn't know anything so but then this reveal is going to be really cool right the reveal of her finally finding out something is going to be like purposeful and everything it's like "Ah, no it's just going to be kind of like her and thomas jane kind of like looking at each other (laughs) i mean like i remember now like all of a sudden, right when the plot needs us to remember something, we're going to remember it. And that shit just drives me wild. And also speaking of tropes is cut this, the way the script is written is like cut in to her eye opening. Uh, and and right. that's, have you probably seen the other movies? Is that how every single movie starts is her eye? Opening? Uh, that, that eye opening scene is very common theme throughout a lot of the, movies. at least like, two or three of other ones yeah no you're i didn't think about that until right now you're absolutely right <laughs> they do it multiple times in this movie oh yeah because the eye has similar characteristics to the umbrella corporation oh so my there's god a, nice dude, call. holy wow. crap yes I think of that uh, wait okay but that doesn't mean it's good <laughs> I, I appreciate <laughs> no, the, lauding, lauding the praise but I, it's not like i'm i'm sticking up for that because, certified yeah. fresh did it? You found the Easter egg. That was oh, I noticed God. it this whole time. Twenty years later, I I just I really feel like Umbrella Corporation as a name is really the one. Like is one of very few things that are like are part of the game that are in yeah. this movie. And even then, like the way that they just it's so uh, I a problem with these movies that you know it's just I guess a pitfall of the time is that they're so of the time that they include so many like consistent tropes outside of the franchise that were just happening in action movies that it just it yeah it doesn't age it doesn't age slow motion the slow-mo like matrix but like the drop but like matrix did it cool it's like there's this other trope thing too where it's like they drop the frame rate so it looks really choppy maybe matrix Mm -hmm. a little bit too but i maybe even movies that i like like gladiator or something that there's like around this time they're just like oh make it choppy when things are going to get intense and uh yeah, it just looks ends up looking bad and you can't really see what's going on and it feels more discombobulating and more loud and kooky than maybe you uh, you want it to. 
But I was thinking like well, if if I were to give it credit, they they open this movie in a mansion, which is that that's the first. No, 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 no. They right. open it with this lame ass VO vis- oh, and God, visuals yeah. mm-hmm. where they have an attitude about it. It blew me away because it's just like so something that every filmmaker if they're ever listening to this should absolutely avoid is so if you just were to take that opening in context it's just, so it's not a screen that somebody's looking at it really is just visual effects made just for that so that in itself sucks i hate that like if you're going yeah. to present like do it mm-hmm. like how some movies presented like it's um it's like a news happening on a TV mm-hmm. or it is somebody, you know, reading an article or watching a YouTube video, or there is like a real world thing that's like associated with that knowledge coming to us. Mm-hmm. So first off, that isn't the case. And it looks hideous. It's just very red. red. And it just has these weird 3d objects that are kind of like <laughs> spiraling around. And then, um, but the, and then it does this voiceover work that explains the umbrella corporation. And this sounds like such a studio note that they needed to include this because people just don't understand the motives of the umbrella corporation or by, you know, mm-hmm. when people talk about umbrella corporation so candidly from jump that they're like, Oh, well you have to lead into what that is because people just don't understand what umbrella corporation is or care about it. And it's more so I would just say the reason they don't care about it is because overall this movie sucks in a lot of ways to me not care about it that should have changed not adding in this really crappy voiceover work but it's uh, the main thing that i want to point out outside of the horrible visuals is is that it it presents it it already presents the film with an attitude and an ethos that sucks because it is a pessimistic teenage child perspective that says like corporations suck isn't it so shitty that this corporation just wastes all this money and is screwing everybody over and it just it's terrible because it's just not it's subtle not, at all. <laughs> it's not yeah. subtle. And it's also not really like, that's not the point really. Cause I mean, all of us have played the games to a degree where the umbrella corporation is a thing and it definitely is a corporation that does look, you know, nefarious things is the overarching like villain, if you will, but it isn't treated so much as a, uh, like um, what would be the equivalent like uh, so much like a gas company or too much like a pharmaceutical company. I mean, I guess maybe in some of them it does a little bit more, but it's like, it's so much more nuanced and just presented like this company exists in the world. And, you know, at points they like made, you know, made this thing or they got involved in some way. And it's so just like shadow dealings and so nuanced and makes it makes the it's interesting in the games because it isn't like you're outright going to a corporation and killing like people that work at the company or whatever it's you just find out through readings and books and things like oh so you know somebody with a connection to the umbrella corporation was working on a thing or they came and interacted with this person they wrote about it and it just already presents itself like off base from the game which is like yeah i mean it's the first fucking one minute of the movie and it just is like oh this doesn't really fit the vibe of any of the Mm -hmm. video games and it also presents its its ethos or its perspective on things and that perspective is one of a teenager and it just yeah Ugh, from jump i'm sorry but i was like Fuck. no but it's like like resident evil <laughs> games and like my my experience with it and, and everything it's like the openings are so strong within it. it's it like it's yeah, usually absolutely. like a character who is a strong character knows who they're like has intentions 
and is going into a situation like a town or like the second one I played, like he's Leon, he's, he's a new recruit at the at Raccoon City PD and he's showing up first day of work sort of thing. And then he, sh- he stops at a gas station, sees on, and then it's just like, it all leads into the next, this whole adventure and everything. And I always, I don't know, my more recent watching of Temple of Doom, I love the structure of that. And that's like the best of an Uncharted game too of like, the, the movie just shoots out of a fucking cannon and it doesn't stop until it lands at the very end. And then the credits roll and there's no time to stop. They're just like, you're on, you're on an adventure. You're on a fucking fucking journey. And you have one thing in mind of what you're going to do and the character's strong, but then it like changes like fucking uh, big trouble, little China, you know, it's like, Oh, oh uh, look at how fucking strong this character is. He's going about his day. He's going to do what he's going to do. And then these circumstances <laughs> come into his, like his world. He's like, what the fuck is going on? And like, right. Um, and, this this that's why this is just kind of weak as well is because your main character just doesn't know who she is and she's just like a lost lamb throughout the whole thing and then you you know you have like the you know the the army guys that are uh whatever like that are running her through and, and everything and it's just that the those are like the strong openings from the resident evil games that i remember are those characters being put in those situations and that's lacking in this opening um yeah. 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 Uh, well. before, wanted- uh, before that, is there anything we want to talk about in regard to the the hive itself? Because, you know, the movie starts off with that VO and then goes into the inner workings of the hive to essentially like release the T virus or whatever. Like the whole cold opening with like the scientists and everything, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, you know, I, I kind of harp on like, what is the point of going through this Tarantino sort of bullshit on some of these movies that are like, Oh, we're going to go backwards and show you there's, there's some of the stuff that's cool where it's like, Oh, then when they go in later, they're going to see maybe the, the elevator with a decapitated head, or they're going to mm-hmm. see the flooded room and, uh, you know, with some of the scientists and that set up coffee guy as a big payoff later we talked about earlier <laughs> i think it was off the mic but that coffee has a has a setup and it's got a big old payoff with thomas jane later um you keep saying thomas jane it's not thomas it's jane. not thomas I, jane i don't know why it's, I think it's, it's not thomas jane. Yeah, was, i'm sorry it's like it's, it's, bar, it's, a, it's like bargain bin thomas jane. yeah it's it's yeah it's like it's, dollar store thomas jane. it's john john miss jane uh tame i don't know um <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not him. Cause he just has these, like he's changed. He just looks different than how he used to look now. And so I just think that he's just uh, mm-hmm. a, a morphing man that it looks different every time you see him. And so I was oh, like, okay. I was the whole movie. I was like, is it him or not? I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to try. And I just forgot to look it up. And so now I'm just making a fat <laughs> assumption, um, <laughs> but that like that setup is like the scariest part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. as the right. audience, we well, it's like the one the part of games, horror. We know yeah. what's going to happen to all of them. They're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think kind of just going real back fast to what you said, Brandon, about the opening. To me, it was the service because as the fans of the video games, we know already about the Umbrella Corporation. So I felt like they were doing it to people who have zero context of the video games to introduce. Yes, Umbrella's is bad evil company and stuff and i think that was a disservice because to us when we play the video games we slowly playing the games find out that yes and really is this nefarious company that was the best way to find out about it so when so Absolutely. they just tell you right up in front they're like oh you just ruined this the company's movie. evil yeah this company you, is you ruined yeah. like they ruined the whole story like, oh, the yeah. whole cold open like solved all of the all of that information that you just brought up was solved in kind of that opening scene of like oh here's some scientists working on this thing oh it went bad oh it, it's turning them into zombies cut to you know or like the 
titles yeah. and our main character. And it's like, we know enough. The mystery was taken out as soon as, yeah, the first five minutes is that it was all gone. You're like, oh, yeah, we, we know they're going to die. They're going to turn into zombies. Obviously, us as the video game fans, we already know that. But to anyone who hasn't seen it, has zero context, it just ruined it for those people, too. Yeah, They're like, oh, one, what, what about the, the kids' parents that are going to see it with them? We got to make it make sense to them or, or something where it's just crowd tested to shit where they just feel like they need to spoon feed certain things. Yeah. Um, but and then, and then it's weird when they do have fan service that's like not explained. It's it's just, or they do they go a different direction right. with it or the different story of, of how it came to be. Um, but I just that, one thing about the, the, the hive stuff because we could get into me is I just thought it was so funny how easy it was for everybody in that place to get infected. Like if you were to consider like what was happening there is they were working on this virus that is, has the lethal potential to kill and infect people, but it like breaks and then there easily is in ventilations and then spreads so quickly. I just was really cracking up to myself being like, man, this place is like perfectly designed for this to happen. Oh my God, I'm in a movie. You know, <laughs> it's so clear I'm in a movie right now because it just seems like there's so little friction. Like there isn't, uh, you know, there isn't so much of, you know, people where the virus is like gets broken up, you know, gets exposed, like a lot of segmentation that leads to it. It really just kind of goes like, well, it's in the ventilation system. Now everybody's fucked and it just moves along very quickly. Yeah. And it just really cracked me up how easily a virus could get spread in that facility where you would assume that that would be the exact opposite of how things would be. So <laughs> I, I think that makes, that's a good point. But also thinking just, just me with my like history of the games and the, the cup, just overall, like Umbrella, that's something Umbrella would do. They would purposely guinea pig. Oh, they mm. would. That's something they would do. They don't care about okay. her who they fuck over as long as they get the results and it's, oh, a test. it's a test to them. So to me, like I could, I see your point. Definitely. It's like, Oh yeah, of course it just spreads magically into the ventilation. <laughs> yeah, it just immediately but then goes to me, the like pants. thinking deeper, maybe just maybe a little too deep in the rabbit hole. It's like, Oh yeah, that's something umbrella would do. They would fuck over their employees to test the, the efficacy of this virus and see how bad it gets. And then they learn from it. So and they were like just, vague about the properties a little bit. Like they're like, Oh, scratch and bite. Sure. And then it's like, Oh, sometimes if it's air, it might affect you if it's airborne unclear, they actually like kind of say, yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, oh, I was going to say something. I also don't quite get what it like, even towards the end of it. And I feel like I probably made like five notes about like, I don't get what the real purpose of it is because they just so quickly oh, yeah. say like, Oh, it's, you know, it's a, uh, it's going to be used almost as a weapon. Yeah. And yeah, then I'm like, such a fucking what? throwaway. Sort of thing. <laughs> what weapon? Why would you do that? Why would like, you want your enemies that you just killed to come back to life, back to life. and start? And it's Infecting like, your own they were about life. to start explaining it, but then they just explained the properties of what zombies are. It's like, yeah, imagine if you could kill your enemy and then they came back for a, like a couple, I don't know. It was like a month or something like it before they wear themselves out or something and then it just kind of trailed off and it was like wait so what what are you actually gonna do you're gonna have like zombie on you or something but then you're just or you're just gonna release a plague upon your enemies but that seems like the worst kind of plague you would ever ever want and then yeah i don't you and you brought up like all the shady umbrella stuff and it's like uh i i also appreciate how in the games and it's like kind of representing this movie just not well enough is like how are there's these strong characters that make their own decisions. And a lot of times there's like mercenaries or people that are like, well, I'm yeah. like they're in the resident evil Two. One of the characters mm-hmm. is like, well, I'm just going to sell it to the highest bidder or something. It's like, he's Leon's trying to get rid of it. And she's like, well, I'm just going to go try and sell it. And so there's like more nuance to some of the characters. 
and how that's revealed in not Thomas Jane is just like kind of just like, uh, yeah, I'm like they look at each other and it's like, oh, yeah, that was me that threw it in the in the ventilation ducts. And then you just get that whole play play by play immediately. The little bit of it, the little bit of information that you need that's not subtle. It's like, here you go. Here's that information <laughs> that you need to like make sense of this, even though like even with just a look, you could figure it out that, oh, yeah, it's he he's the bad guy. But it's like, no. We're going to fucking yum, 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 eat your vegetables. And then, uh, yeah, you find out he's, he threw it in in the vent and then you don't really fully get his reasoning or backstory as much as you would want, or even Mia Jovovich for, for that matter. I should, I should remember her name because she's such a big character in this universe. They just go, they go all in on Alice some in this universe of like, she's going to fucking drive this franchise um but yeah yeah like, what an interesting career mila jovich has had because she has just operated in that space of like she started off as a supermodel and she's very attractive for sure and the movie knows that because it puts her in positions where she's sexy and it's just and and also but that's part of like her in fifth um and fifth yeah. element too yeah she just she's good like i don't i'm not really mad about her performance no. i'm just uh, overall she's mad about fun. the movie yeah she and i think that's why she's able to do these movies for as long as she is well she does end up marrying the director who pretty much directs all of that these makes movies sense. and then he does monster uh, hunter with her later that makes sense yeah oh yeah yeah another so she, almost know. polarizing video game movie that i can i considered us doing but we probably just moved past it do you know if that movie is based on the video game yeah yeah it is I've never seen it, but another I, Capcom I video was, game. I, yeah, I, I, I heard it was terrible. Oh, it is. Oh. I watched like the first half and I, yeah, I like those video games and I never once yeah. was like, this should be a movie. I just like the game. It's and like, I didn't even really care about the, like the story in the game. I'm just like, I just want to hunt monsters. And they're like, no, we're going to make a movie and it is bad. Yeah. It's, it's very bad. Yeah. Uh, this also too. So me and James Edgar are really big fans of this uh, podcast called blank check. And the format for that podcast is, is they do filmographies of directors who, have seen massive success with a movie, uh, usually their first movie, and then you know they get are given a series of blank checks to make additional movies. And this director falls into that category. Sometimes well those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce. So, baby, yeah. yeah, I was like, <laughs> and, you know, wow, you're you're reciting it perfectly. You gotta you gotta go all the way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like this is P W Anderson, right? It it was a Paul little W Anderson, like, I think, yeah. Yeah, you know, kind of had to do a double take because even if you like, I Google searched him and I feel like Anderson, Paul W S Anderson. I feel like I searched him and then P T Anderson was part of like the Google images next, (laughs) (laughs) and it's just yeah, it's like it's very it's a little jarring. Wow, Paul Thomas Anderson is doing that (laughs) that new Monster Hunter (laughs) movie. Interesting. No, it's P W S Anderson. Oh, could you? Are they related? Oh, he did Alien versus Predator as well. He did Alien. Yeah, he's done a lot of. I, um, I like the movie. He did Event Horizon. That movie's holy from the. That's 90s. his oh. best movie. Yeah. That was great film. That is that his. That's that how he got his blank check. Movie. Right. That's how he got his uh, blank check. Yeah. That's his. That's his movie. That yeah gives him man, and he is just able to just ride. Oh, he, did Mortal Event Com- he did Mortal Kombat. Okay. Yeah. So the way I was looking at it, so the way oh, Three the, Musketeers it, it, it keeps up is. Uh, Event Horizon is a critical success. 
um, and audience success, but a critical success. And people are like, oh, he's able to handle some really bizarro material um, well, and people are, you know, receptive to it. Then he. We need someone who's kooky and loud. Kooky and loud. And okay, so. He has done a lot of video game movies. He's even like described in like IMDb and, and things about him. It's like the video game director guy. And it just cracks me up having now, you know, rewatch this and uh, analyzing it and all of that. It's like, he also just doesn't seem like he plays these video games. Nah. Like it is the weirdest thing that he makes almost exclusively video game movies, but it seems like he doesn't understand a fucking thing about them. No. <laughs> it's weird. And if he had, what are his like attributes that like could be carried over from, from movie to movie? I, I don't know. It just seems like very frenetic filmmaking that yeah. is very action focused and the dialogue scenes are catering to the next set piece. And he seems like he's serviceable to like, oh, there's a script that's been floating around. Let's get Paul w, Paul W.S. Anderson on that one. Or and he's just been kind of wallowing in this, uh, or not wallowing, but reveling probably in his mind i don't know whoever likes these uh, resident evil movies for a long time and then he comes back and does a monster hunter capcom video game movie as well seems like he's found his stick and that's like another trademark i guess is doing these kind of things yeah. but uh i wouldn't i would not be like oh it's his new movie i'd be like uh oh i don't know if i want right. to i'm not sure if i want to see that but now that i'm looking at event horizon it is a polarizing movie, so maybe Edgar, if you'd like to come back oh, for no way, so oh, wow, is it really? Oh, yeah, hell 20, yeah. 29 critics, sixty one audience. So that seems Ooh. to be kind of like a cult favorite that people have kind of like brought back and be like, "We yes. like this. This is good." Um, I just always remember the Sam Neill yelling scene. Yes, that's the only favorite. thing I've seen. Yeah, is it, is <laughs> that's it, all. Oh, I, I've never seen. Is he does he missing his eyes? Right, something like that. Uh, something I don't know. With his eyes. It's yeah. It's like some nightmare scene or something. And then like yeah, like I think he's spooked by something, and then he just lets out this like monotone yell that's just kind of like, oh. <laughs> can we can we play that real quick? Oh uh, yeah, I'll cue it up. Give me, yeah. give me a second. <laughs> I, I almost we, I wish we had a soundboard and that has to be our first oh my god that would be the best if I had a button a, bu a Sam Neill button <laughs> <laughs> alright I hope it doesn't come in too loud here let's okay let's see I'm oh I gotta share my share my screen you guys I know it's it's technical stuff here but it's all gonna be gonna be worth it I promise we'll see oh, how loud yeah. it is all right you ready yeah I'm ready okay Three, two, one. <laughs> one more time. That's... One more time. <laughs> okay. All it's right, just what's good. so insane about that is, is first off, he doesn't look like he's it's more so performative. Like he's just an actor doing that. And the, and then to me, it's how it's the same it, it, for so long. It doesn't rise. It just like hits the plateau real early. And <laughs> you think that's a Paul W.S. W. Anderson decision or a Sam Neill decision. You think he tried that in Jurassic park when he saw a dinosaur one time and Spielberg was like, Hey, yeah. no, no, no. He's like, all right, I'll <laughs> save that for my next one. <laughs> Yeah, he sees, right. a, he like, sees a T Rex. Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> they can't see you if you don't move. Oh! <laughs> well, 
for all the crap that like this movie gets for his evil, I'm talking about the Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. Event Horizon's a gem. I'm just looking at it right now because I I was genuinely curious, like how he got. You said he got a blank check probably because of Event Horizon, and then, like maybe not. Movies, Critics didn't like it, I guess. Yeah, but or I, but, yeah, I, okay, I but, more so Mortal Kombat. Then I guess would probably like it, yeah, maybe, yeah. Mortal Kombat. I think was really successful. One thing I looked up last night and I wanted to bring up here was. Like the proof is in the pudding, right? There was like what five, six films that he did with all with Mila Jovovich. I'm like, how did he get so many of them? And I'm like, what's the return? Obviously, movies are made to make money. So exactly. I'm looking at I'm looking at the Wikipedia here. Um, each movie cost the most expensive movie was the fourth one at sixty five million dollars. Wow. Each movie grossed over a hundred million dollars worldwide. With the Damn. last with the last film grossing three hundred fourteen million worldwide. On a forty million dollar budget, Jesus, just keep pumping they, them out, Paul. It's Dude. where it, it, these have got to be those movies to where they are really successful overseas. Yeah. I think yes, make a lot of that money overseas. If you're yeah, if you're looking worldwide, the video gross, games like, are like a worldwide thing, even exactly. more so than uh, movies a lot of times as well. So that transcends like so many so many ways globally. I I feel like. Probably mon- yeah. Monster Hunter, and and it seems like that maybe that's another one of his trademarks as well. Is, is, is yeah, is making these these global action action movies um, that are adaptations. And I think that yeah, that process of adaptation is so interesting. And him being a person to do it or taking on these scripts that are already written and and a- adapted from some other thing, and him being like, oh yeah, I get it. Um, is and he's making money, so it's working. Yeah, maybe it's. Uh, what is what's that saying? Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he, yeah, I, yeah, oh. and it's I. He, they made a lot of these, a lot of these movies, and the last one I think was called the final chapter. And to know that, like, yeah, we're gonna, we're we're done with it, and that like a bunch of people came out to be like, oh, we're gonna see it being sent off is, uh, it's pretty amazing. I even think like Michelle Rodriguez might come back. Like I was looking up like uh, Resident Evil gifts, and I saw. I was trying to find a good one to include in the group chat, but I ended up not really finding a good one. So there wasn't one, but I found one where like Michelle Rodriguez and her were like fighting or something. And they were like older. I was like, what? Whoa. Can you imagine like Michelle Rodriguez's career must be so fun where it's like, she dies like in fast and furious. She dies in resident evil. And they're just like, you're so awesome. Just come back. We want you back. You're too cool. Um, you're back. And she, yeah, she, I don't know. I, I think she's having a good time in this movie too. There's like, I, I will say there's about, I clocked it. There's like 37 minutes when they're, they actually do come face to face with zombies that af, after like the mansion, they go down to the hive and everything. It's kind of like, they're just working through the the lead commander guy, which I like him too. Yeah. And he, I like him too. Was I, would, cool. I, was, I really wanted him to stick around longer, to be honest. Uh, as cool he's as in tomorrow never dies. That's who, oh, he's the, he's in like a, a few of the Brazen ones. He's mm-hmm. always in the background. Like. And he's got a he's got a name. He's like, yeah, totally. He's like Judy Dench's like right hand man kind of or like his. Yep. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Get out okay. of that <laughs> I like him, but he's what just is that, it? He's it's like, like to White Knight. Come in, White Knight. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially like a lot of like Golden Knight and stuff where they're looking at a lot of screen. There's a lot of those Brazen movies, and all the movies are just like looking at screens and being like, "What is he a lot doing of out? Screen what are you doing stuff. out there, Bond?" <laughs> and this as well, and Get the interfaces for the for the screens are oh, this insane. too, yeah. And that's who the, because he's, it, he's yeah. exposition man. He's just explaining things, and then there's the one guy that like comes up every now and then, and he's got like his 
like, and he says this one line where he's like, show me the, show me the hive. And then he says out loud, accessing the schematic of the hive. And he says that <laughs> like, are you a fucking robot? What is this? What is this dialogue? What is that line? Like, why are you saying that? Like accessing, accessing. <laughs> They say that I, I texted like, you guys this. They said the hive so many fucking times. It yes. was so annoying. Like even Michelle Rodriguez comes back from them like busting into the door to get into the hive, and the, and then she even says, "We just got entrance into the hive." It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's why we know where we are. <laughs> and they just could not help themselves. They're like, "This is the coolest fucking word we've come up with for this cool fucking place." Oh. And you mean the umbrella corporation the red queen there's like this terminology that they do ascribe <sighs> a lot of weight to but then it's like i don't know it's some of it's over explained some of it's like under explained it's 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 hard to strike a balance the beginning of this there's like a little bit it's a it's a little bit force of kind of like he's walking her through his chin she's like who am i what's going on where, <laughs> yeah. where are we and that's who we are as the audience i'm like what the fuck like wh- what's going on here and then he's kind and of the- explaining things but yeah, I was gonna say, speaking of the hive, I was that's all another thing I just remembered now, like that was made me really sad. It's like the first movie was was the whole plot was in the mansion and they used the mansion for the first oh, like two, three minutes of the movie and the last like yeah. one, two minutes of the film. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And they kind of they kind of hinted at like, OK, is this the mansion from the Resident Evil game? I know. I, I was know. so excited about that. I'm I, glad I, you brought that I was so confused. Such a opportunity. It was yeah. such that place was just a horror like playground. You could have spent like, a majority of the movie there. You're going to come out with seven more movies. Just make this one in the fucking mansion and make it a horror movie. So here is how if this was the video game, we would have spent 75 percent of this in the mansion. We would have spent another 10 percent out into an outlying building that's outside the mansion. Then at the very end, we would have seen there's a train that goes somewhere and then credits roll. Easy. That's how the. That's how the game would have played this plot. We're not yeah. going to go right into the hive. We're not going to get into, a, you know, lasering doors. And then she gets amnesia and, and falls asleep in the mansion. And then second movie go is this one. Exactly. Really? Exactly. It was so yeah. jarring to me that like the way, because it just moves so quickly. Like, you know, once she starts to see things in the mansion again that are like the game where she's like she's like looking at drawers and like and you know picking up objects she immediately knows i'm gonna write down this note that's here and see if that handwriting's mine which is like oh man, yeah. what a like what that a smart fun. thing to immediately like clock you're like i'm gonna write did is i write me? this yeah. Yeah. yeah and then immediately like i've never looked at a note, a note that, that was I've, like <laughs> such an interesting yeah. like process to be like what is my handwriting I have to practically demonstratively do it to figure it out. And then to see it, that was a fun, that was like born identity shit. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. But yeah, it just moves so quickly. Cause then it's like, she's, she's wor- walking around the house, goes outside. Then all of a sudden loud noises, then they it's- break in and then they pick her up. They start moving. And it was so jarring how all of a sudden we're at a train depot underground. And I was like, like, Furiously writing in my notes, like, how the fuck did we get here? Where are we? Like, weren't we just in a house? Like, how are we like in an underground train subway? Like, they, they all have masks on for the first like five minutes, and then right <laughs> when she starts asking questions, they're like, "Fuck it!" All the masks come off, and they're like, "We don't need masks." Like this or airborne possible disease. They're like, "We need to make emphasis on our points and show our our actor faces." <laughs> but see, going back like that, the first the first opening scene when she wakes up in the in the mansion, that part was scary because she like mm-hmm. she thought like you see a shadow. She's like, "Hello, who's there? Is someone there?" Like, 
And then the, what's it? She goes outside. It's like all dark and ominous. I was like, oh, hell yeah. This is the mansion. It's going to be creepy, scary. The, you know, all the crows fly over, oh, scary, whatever. But like, it, it started. It started like that horror element. And then it, we just go into an underground rave. It abandons it so quickly. It is. Yes. It, it is noticeable how quickly they do it. And that just brings on loathing so immediate. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. damn. Like, fuck, this isn't that movie. Like, you had me for a second, mm-hmm. you movie. Oh, like, yeah, I was, like, I was. Loud techno music, like, and then just, like, people grabbing her through, just, like, just, like, Oh, and then, so, one thing that I, like, that it flies to me so much in the face of horror is so they get to the train and then the power's not working for the train. And so Michelle Rodriguez has to jump down underneath the train to like connect the power or whatever. Yeah. And there's a grate that's, that has like an opening in it and they start to allude to, there might be a monster in there, which could be scary. And I just like had to make a note of it. Like how fucking lame this is. It's like, you know how to make a moment like that. So not scary is put the camera in the hole looking at the person instead of like staying on the hole staying on the blackness staying on the uncertainty you're like no i'm gonna just put the audience in the hole so it's like it's just us we're just the ones in there it's okay it's just us and it just blew me away how fucking lame of a like a a direction that is to you know yeah to undercut tension by putting the audience in the hole instead of letting the omnipotent uh, hole be that and be scary yeah every time that this movie has an opportunity to be scary it goes like let's instead crank up the music Mm -hmm. and start shooting our guns it blows its load like so quickly like every single time it's like i don't know like there's there's elements of michael bay movies that i might enjoy but this is one that's like a little removed even from that like and there's a lot of michael Bay movies i don't enjoy but it's like that hearing about it or like knowing how many movies there are of this makes me think of all the transformers movies and how it's just like, Oh, just keep making them. They're successful places. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we get through a lot of exposition. We get, you know, Michelle Rodriguez. I know I noted that her SMG has like double mags. I thought that was kind of cool. Just like coming up with like new weaponry or new things, you know, she's got the double mags. Um, and then I guess it would be getting to like the, the laser scene. I think this was like a, a really cool scene. You guys want yeah, to talk absolutely. about that? I like that. I think like Final Destination was pretty popular around this time too. It reminded me almost like the effects of like uh, a Final uh, Destination movie of someone being just like lasered or dismembered in an, in an upsetting way. But it like goes like three passes through. Like once it just like gets a guy's fingers in a in a lady's head, and then it halves a dude, and then you think you know main commander guys like total is going to be able to get out of there, but he just gets like dissected into fucking like cubes. And I thought that was like a pretty cool, like effect, like in how it was pretty restrained and how it showed it as well for like everything else being so like, like it was like (laughs) kind of just like more restrained. And that was nice when there's like some limitations like the game, you know, the game reveled in the limitations as, as it, as it were. And, uh, it was although a bummer to see him go and be kind of stuck with this like fidgety, like, I don't know what I'm doing guy. Like I, I like, I like, I like that uh, right. of like, Oh, we're, we got, we lost our commander. Like now what are we going to do? That's like a cool feeling in a horror movie of like, fuck, like that was Gandalf. Like, what are we going to do without Gandalf? And it's like, but then I don't know the other actors, Michelle Rodriguez uh, old, but I didn't really care for the other two. Like, interchangeable white guys it seemed like <laughs> right i totally agree to the point of i'm i yeah i would say it 
it made me so bummed out because I was like, man, the only people I really liked in this movie are gone now. Like and three interchangeable it. white guys. I might it, as well. It, like, it was it, 34 minutes in and all of those people are dead and there's still an hour of the movie left. I'm like, oh, everybody else blows. I'm not really a big fan of them. You know? Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez is fine. Like, which she just also had no, so four man. interchangeable. White. I'm sorry. There's four different white dudes that are all just like, whatever. I don't know. Right, not, he, not Thomas Jane, I guess, has like a little more going on. He's got amnesia as well. And then there's the one guy that's got his arm behind his because like I don't even it's not even fully. He just gets thrown into the picture like you don't even get fully like the the guy with like the blue uh, like, oh, the, colored shirt. Uh, Max. He's just kind of there. Like, I don't the know. They don't Nazi really, looking motherfucker. And they put it's, him in like handcuffs and it's like, why is this guy here? I'm kind of lost. Like, why are you even sure? But one thing I noticed, he has like excellent posture excellent posture like, he has i know the, he has like he, he, like he's sitting on things a lot and he's just like perfect posture like the whole time but then like oh yeah his how he speaks is like how he sits is like very stilted just like i'm in a movie right now and i'm gonna say say my line now uh, he's got that like spiky hair he's got yeah he's got the spiky hair like, one shit. thing i noticed what that i disliked kind of about him was just like he was just there looking for his sister and it, it just felt so out of place. Like, oh, okay, right. yeah, I get it. And stuff like that. And then I don't know, maybe when I rewatched it, I don't remember this, but how did he, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he already knew that the virus was the T virus. Like he just knew. And like, how did he know that? Like that was because such a weird. He, he, had a, he was working there. So like he. No, his sister t- was, no? I thought, he, I was, think I thought he, he was like a journalist or something like that. He, I thought it, he worked there for some reason. I thought he was like brought along because he was like the inside guy. Like he was the one that was going to be. I thought like Mia Jovovich was flipping. Like she worked for umbrella company or something. And she was, yes, she, she wanted, was yeah, like she wanted talking to, to his sister about, about getting them the T virus and, and being the whistleblower on the whole kind of operation. His and sister then, was yeah right, but then he he was just he was just there, like he was just like yeah I'm here to find my sister I'm like okay that make, kind of makes sense but it was just completely out of the blue and I think to me it was just a weird plot twist or not plot yeah. twist it was like a plot hole a plot hole is like like why why is he there like it just didn't make any sense like if I think about it if you completely eliminate him without it he like the movie doesn't change it's completely no not at all yeah. He's like just he's just but we end up with him too, which is such a bummer because like again, like for a character that I agree with you, it like really impacts the movie at, like in the sl- like not at all. Like he could be removed. He ends up being one of the people that ends up getting out of this, right? Yes. Yeah, and it almost or- I, it almost like is a plot element that was revealed in Resident Evil Two that was attributed to him is what it seems like, but I'm not sure. I guess that would that you might have to watch that second movie. But there's this guy that like directs gets like the T-virus, T-virus like directly administered to himself. And then he turns into this big monster with to like eyeballs right. all over his body and stuff. And I was like, Ooh, is that what's going to happen to him? But you know, who knows? I, I guess you watch the, the later ones they, they, and they have some of the other characters from like in the monsters, I'm sure from the other games. So he, that character, I'm pretty sure his name was Max. He does kind of, he, he is kind of in the second one. Like, I don't want to spoil it for you guys if you haven't seen it yet, but he's kind of sort of in the second one. Okay. So, Eh, it's okay but yeah i just think he was uh he was just not needed no it's just a waste, waste of space and time. i feel like they only wanted yeah. it for like that cliffhanger scene at the very end is to have a body to to be ready for that but it's like yeah you could have even even easily attributed to not thomas jane some of those things or or just had mia jovovich be like the one that was 
working with the sister and just have it be them two and have those sort of memory things come about in a different sort of way. Cause it'd be like a flashback with that stuttered frame rate of them meeting in, in a wooded area of like, Oh, we're going to make it ambiguous and obtuse to try to figure out what's going on because the camera work is so weird and we're just flashing in and out. It's like, that's not interesting filmmaking. Like it's not organic to the scene. You're just like flashing to shit. That's important at the time. Um, but yeah, we get like our first, what is our first big zombie scene after like the lasers and stuff is like when they're in that whole holding cell for all these big like tanks and canisters. You're not sure what are in. I'm like, what's, what are, what is in those things? Um, and then they start getting approached by like the zombies there, right. It's like the first big scene of, of zombies. And that's where Michelle Rodriguez gets bit. That's when they open the big tank with like the, the creature. I'm not sure if it's in the first one, but it's in the second one. Those things with the brains and yeah, the liquor. Yeah. Um, is that, is that in the first one or I know it's in the second one. That that monster is like the, one of the primary villains or primary monsters in the second Resident Evil. Yeah, dude, it was, was the the main monster (laughs) of this film was one of the main creatures in the second Resident Evil. It's also in the first one. I made it. Oh, it was. Okay. Because there is in the latter half of the first one they introduce a monster called the hunter the hunter and they even describe that monster in this as a hunter and it is very similar in movement and kind of what they're about i guess it doesn't so much these hunters in the first one are more like lizard like so they aren't fully as like have a humanoid looking skull to it but there is like a lot of characteristics that are pretty similar and they do call yeah, maybe the, the concept art kind of just changes, like the raptors in Jurassic Park or something. They're going to look a sure, little different, different each time, but they're just like the souped up uh, zombies that are kind of just uh, mm. full form that, yeah, that sort of, and then, uh, and dogs and, and you know, the, that's such like a- the dogs a, were a, cool. A, a the, the dogs of, I, I was in the games and the movie. And it's like, that's something you kind of had to nail and it's- The know, dogs are perfect because there's, there's that iconic that scene in the, in the first video game. It's mm-hmm. like when you're, within the first like 20 minutes of the game brandon if you remember it's like you're walking down some corridor and then the dogs jump through the window yeah you know? it happens a couple times yeah so There's, that's like an, that's an iconic scene in the first game i remember i was like holy fuck that's gonna shit out of me um so, 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 so one, one thing too, about yeah. how like how obtuse things are is that there is so there's a point in the in the game where you go into a room and there's a dog whistle and it says nothing about that and i was like <laughs> trying to figure out what this dog whistles about. And then, so you're supposed to go out onto this balcony, use the dog whistle that summons dogs onto the balcony, that dog, then one of the dogs has a collar, which then has a key attached to it. And I was like, how the fuck would I have ever known that if I didn't look it up? Like who the hell is just like going into every room and blowing the dog whistle? Is that one? And it just, it, 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 it like there, that happens often in the game where it just drove me nuts. Like, if there wasn't a guide or people weren't talking about it online and helping each other out, like this game would be infuriating mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because you're just stuck. You're like, I I don't know. Where do I get this key? I, I can't find I mean, this. I key. was as a kid in games like that, like fucking Metroid games, like where you're like yeah. Metroidvania sort of stuff where like relying a lot on maps, like fucking Zelda games. Like I would just have moments where I'm like, ah, like I'm stuck here. I'll go back to it. And I'm like, oh, I just want to play something more like, Super Smash Brothers. I want to get into something that's just immediate. It's a little bit more handholdy, like mm-hmm. yeah, which is is something that like do- video game donkeys talked about when it comes to video game difficulty. 
shows. And it's like, it really is something that, yeah, it, it makes a huge difference because I people and uh, James, you just described yourself doing this and I've done this is like a lot of people would get discouraged and never beat the game mm-hmm. because of shit like that. And that's not a good, like, that's not a good thing of, to have in your video game that it is something is so like, again, I keep using this word, but like so obtuse that you don't have really any idea other than just trial and error over and over and over again to figure that out and that just is like yeah it's not it can it can be rewarding and there's like it can be very polarizing these video games if you don't mind me saying that it's like and this we've went through Elden ring recently and souls dark souls games kind of fit that bill of like if you're gonna sign on to play a game like that you kind of have to know what you're getting yourself into and it's not for everybody but it's rewarding if you uh give yourself wholeheartedly to it and accept that you're gonna fail a lot before you mm. succeed um but this yeah like i just did this whole thing in resident evil 2 where it's like oh i got this trophy like what is this trophy for whatever and then i got this point it's like oh there's a code oh where do i find this code i'm looking all around for this code and then i'm like i'm gonna fucking cheat I, i'm gonna google i'm gonna google how do i get this code and it's like look at the bottom of the trophy so you got to pick up the trophy you got to look at the bottom examine of it, it. And there's, mm-hmm. there's the code and it's like that's an easy one but i'm just too dumb to even figure that out and i'm just thinking if i was like you know, like a young Edgar playing Resident Evil 2, no guide or anything like that. I, what I would do, it I would I would run to every single room looking for that code, waste a bunch of ammo, try to and kill a bunch of stuff, and then just be exotic and then like not know what to do, and then find the trophy at the end to be like, oh, my resources are gone, and now I just got to start at like an earlier save or something. Like it's there's a real like risk factor associated with these like earlier games where you just. You, you don't have many other games, so you're able to devote yourself entirely to this process and um, really uh, delve into a game like that was me with Crash Bandicoot. I wanted to get all the gems. I had to get all those boxes. I wanted to 100 percent because I didn't have any other games. I'm just going to play this one to completion. Um, anyways, uh, this gets to Michelle Rodriguez on, you know, she's she's not feeling well. I would think of like the next big thing is that next zombie scene where we lose our one buddy for a bit. Um, you know, when he's like getting, uh, or we lose our, we lose both. We lose the one, one of the guys to the first zombie scene, Michelle Rodriguez gets bit mm-hmm. and then he turns into a zombie and he comes back later. Um, and then we lose our other guy for a bit until he, he comes back later. And then we get introduced to the, if that made any sense, my description, uh, introduced to the red queen. I don't know any hot takes, any opinions on this red, red queen action. Is this from any game? Like, I, I don't know. It just seems like, Ooh, a creepy girl with a British voice. And I just thought it was weird that like she had such stake stakes in the, what was going on. And so much so yes. that they like blackmailed her and then like, well, you got to do this for us or we're going to turn you off. Miss, miss computer. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. And it was like a real quid pro quo with this computer program. And right. I thought that was weird that she like had motivation and shit. Um, but whatever. Totally. Because like she is obviously presented as the villain to begin with because they go into the hive and their first, you know, that's why they go through the laser hallway. It's their you know, turn her off. And that's like their mission is to eliminate the villain essentially, because she is the one who theoretically rewards the virus or at least that's what they thought is that she became more, more or less sentient and they, then, they said she went homicidal on everyone is the quote. yeah mm-hmm. I, if you, you should have said homicidal on everyone's asses because that's the tone <laughs> of this movie. 
closets. Yeah. And Michelle Rodriguez like hates her. Like she's a person. She's like, you yes. bitch. You fucking. <laughs> what a fire you, ass. You killed no, my that, friend. Speaking of like just common words, how many times did they say fry? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to fry her. I'm going to fry her. Fry her. I was just like, God damn. It was like it's funny because there is that action movie speak in the games I was I was noticing, but it's like that's one thing if it's in a game, like I don't know, it's like when it's in a movie and real people are saying some of that stuff, it just doesn't work as well. When it's game, it's like ah, it's a video game, like I don't know, um, right? And then yeah, it's like they have they have this whole back and forth with her, and like more of the memories are kind of coming back uh, to our leads, um, and then not Thomas Jane. I'm just gonna keep calling him that. It kind of yeah. makes. He he does the double cross. You find out he's he's kind of like the mercenary kind of uh, character. His his intentions aren't even fully cleared. Not a lot of things are in this movie, except when they are. Some of the expos. It's weird what they pay attention to. Um, and then Spencer he, is his name. He gets Spencer. He gets taken out by the <laughs> liquor. Uh, it, the liquor just didn't look super as good as I wanted it to, especially when we just watched some of the behind the scenes stuff. And they, there were some practical. Oh no, it looked very shitty. Practical yeah. puppetry stuff that looked like a little bit better but the way that this is filmed and all the cg they masked on top of it it just like yeah i watched this on sci-fi uh channel or whatever it was like with the way i streamed it was through their channel and it seems like one of those movies that would be made like megalodon versus spider spider octopus yeah yeah like it's it has the effects of those kind of movies at this time which even at the time i feel like was kind of dated but that's so um, funny that you watched it on there because I started watching it like it was uh, on, on some stuff was cut. I think, and it was it was you're right. I watched less it on nudity. Oh, okay, yeah, I yeah, think you guys I think missed, like missed uh, out on some Mila Jovovich nudity. Yeah, I feel like this is probably more graphic. Little, so, like little, I, th- I think Michelle Rodriguez says "blow me" and they cut that because uh-huh. I like her mouth said it, but I didn't hear it. She's like, <laughs> and then they're like, yeah. "Oh, that's 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 too risque." Um, and there's probably some, yeah, some violent stuff that I missed, but uh, I, I just have in my notes, go! Because <laughs> I think someone just yelled, yes. go! <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, Sam Neill just yelling, yeah. Uh, go! Yeah. And, was, uh, <laughs> maybe, hey, maybe that's a Paul W.S. Anderson trope. It's, we gotta have yeah. someone just yeah. mon- monotone yelling. Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> there it is. And oh, I, I like how like the the they have such clear like oh blue one good one green one bad one, one. Bad one. <laughs> and they have these cool little canisters that look like DNA the or whatever healing. but it's yeah. like it just is like oh, yeah blue good green bad um, but I was just kind of like rolling through some of the some of my last oh, stuff before do. we before we yeah. wrap wrap things up here um, I've been a bad bad girl <laughs> some of these lines um nothing ever changed uh yeah and some of oh, like the music was oh, uh, the iconic uh, what's it called the you're all, you're going, all going to die, to die down, down, here. down here that uh, seems like uh, it would be from something from the game but it's like yeah it's just iconic from from this movie i wonder if they do they say it in any of the any of the other movies i feel I like they would. i don't think so mm-hmm. yeah that's weird it seems like they're really trying to bank off hello danny they just want to mm-hmm. do that whole like creepy shining shit um some of the music uh, features were Marilyn Manson, Junkie XL, Slipknot, and Crystal Method. Um, yep. I don't know. This is a little graphic, but I put these lyrics up of the end credits song. I've read those insane. It's stuff. rough. Should I read them or just should we just move on? It's like the Red Queen reference. I'll 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 do a little bit. Okay. 
So then the end credit scene, it's like hot topic, like metal shit. And it's like, Mike came into my room when this happened and said, this movie is really, really loud, loud and kooky. <laughs> Are you watching from his movie in here? From, from his room. All right. He came sorry. into mine and went, this is very loud. I'm sorry. This is offensive, but I just thought these lyrics were like, I can't believe someone put this into a song. Um, they say, I'm in conniptions for the final act. You came here for the one derivative. You manage is the one I abhor. I need a minute to elaborate for everyone the everyday abusive things that you have done. Your impossible ego front is like a megalomaniac tab on my tongue. And if you touch me, I will rip you apart. I reach in and take a bite of that bitch you call a heart. That is like that is like what this movie ends on is that and like the director or whoever put those together was like, yeah, that's 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 what we want people to like leave on. And uh, yeah, he like uh, one even like one last thing about the music. There's just this scene, man, like that, that uh, there's like sad that they have to say bye to one of their buddies. Yeah, they're like, like, kind of like getting out of something. Yeah, everybody's he, like, like really long, beat up. Without me, and I'm, and yeah, it's kind of a sad. There should be like some sad or like, and instead of it's like, to get, to get, he's like, go on without me. He's like, to get, and it's like, I couldn't believe it. I, I was almost gonna pull it up, so but it just wouldn't really work well listening to. Um, I'm gonna roll through some reviews real quick, Edgar. If I'm sorry if we're taking taking too long with all this whole process. No, take but, your uh, time. This is fine. No, uh, thank you so fun. much for your time. I hope hope you're enjoying yourself. It's been been a blast having uh having a guest on this that's knowledgeable of the franchise and everything's been really fun. It's not every day I can talk video games with <laughs> people like this who actually get it. So it's great. <laughs> oh yeah I'm learning I'm learning a lot. It's great for great for me. Um, so I'm going to start with some of the critic reviews, uh, as a reminder, it's a 35%, uh, by the critics. Um, I'll start with LA times from Jan Stewart. She says it's a ditzy, a ditzy dizzying spook house thriller and high tech, high hemline gear. High hemline. That's funny. I love reference to Mila Jelovich's skirt, the dress. Yeah. Uh, high hemline gear combo. I don't, it's, and that behind yeah. the scenes, the concept art, there was a picture of how the dress they wanted it to look. And it's like, yeah, I wanted that, the, the slit kind of on one side of her leg and then, but the short kind of like shorts right there. So she could still do action, action stuff, uh-huh. like, you know? Right. And um, then her hair throughout the movie just gets more and more slicked back by the end of it. It's like really like tight on her yeah. head. Like she starts off, it's like very much in her face. And then it just gets like really tight and wet. She goes in that like T virus water and pool and then just it's like, oh, <laughs> yes. um, we will go on to uh Chicago Sun Times, Roger Ebert, uh 25 out of 100. The movie is Dawn of the Dead crossed with John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars, with zombies not as ghoulish as the first and trains not as big as the second. The movie does, however, have Mia Jovovich and Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Cool. Um, Michelle Rodriguez has so much to do in this movie. I think I've already mentioned it in passing already, but like I just thinking about it, she has to like slowly turn. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much she has to give throughout this movie of being like a, you know, uh, pretty like um, forward strong character. And then she just has to do so much like sick acting, like yeah. relatively soon. I overall just, liked it. And I get that she's like a little cold and calculated and everything, but like the scene with her and Mia Jovovich where she's fading out 
could have yeah. could have been better because Mia Jovovich I thought was pretty like emoting like love and like like what she says like bitch I could kiss you or something like that which is like whatever yeah. or like a whatever line but you could feel it coming from Mia Jovovich and Michelle Rodriguez was just like I don't know just doing the same thing that she'd been doing the whole movie and that was an opportunity for her to like let her guard down and she just didn't and maybe that character doesn't but it's like yeah, if, there, sure. if there was a moment there that would have been it and I would have liked it uh, from AV Club Nathan Rabin too grim and humorless to even qualify as trashy fun. Um, from New York Times, Stephen Holden, 30. The movie has a frantic staccato style that is more game-oriented than cinematic. Staccato. It's a staccato movie. One of those staccato movies. Boop, 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 boop. Like a good staccato. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The- I mean, maybe not in yeah. this sense, I guess, but whatever. Um, from... <laughs> <laughs> i love a good staccato i love a good staccato hey nothing wrong with that do you love giving staccatos or receiving them? i guess like in action scenes uh what <laughs> <laughs> and like action scenes like you get why that's like a bad thing because in action scenes it's like that take an action scene where it's like hey huh, hey, huh, like cut 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 right right it's like a punch like you're coming in and you're like bam 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 yeah mm-hmm. action is in your face um washington post richard harrington Another 30. In the end, it all looks and plays like a $40 million version of a game you're more likely to enjoy on a computer. Not wrong. Uh, TV Guide Magazine, Matland McDonough. Handsome and sometimes, it's a 40. Handsome and sometimes creepy, but formulaic in the extreme. Like a extra, yeah. me- like an extra medium, extra mid. <laughs> <laughs> totally mid. Extra. Uh, extra. Uh, we'll do one more where it's getting a little bit warmer here from USA today, a 50 from Mike Clark evils. One strong presence is lead Mia Jovovich and not because the script gives her super cop slash slash soldier, anything interesting to say. No, that's for damage. Yep. Um, let's move on to some audience reviews over on Amazon where it has an average four and a half out of five from 6,684 reviews. Uh, out of those reviews, 77% of them are five stars, which I will be reading from the five star. If you hear a, a cat meowing in the background, that would be my, oh. my little kitty. She's like, she wants to join and she has strong opinions on Resident Evil. She thinks there should be cat zombies. Um, let's. Ooh, wow, there's this is a long one. Let's do. Let's not do that long one. Let's do this other one that's chunky. But I think I think Isabella has something to say here. Isabella gives it five stars, titled "Wow." If you're someone that geeks over films and picks apart details the director does, you'll enjoy this. But there are still so many fascinating things going on that there's plenty of room for pure entertainment. I've heard a lot of hype around Resident Evil and have been interested in watching the movie slash playing the games for a while. I'm a huge film nerd, and when I tell you I was fascinated by this film a minute or two in, just wow. Paul Anderson does an amazing setup and overall an amazing job. He doesn't miss an opportunity for storytelling. The camera angles, the aesthetics, the story, all of it all, all of it, all of the details are just amazing. Throughout the whole movie, I wasn't bored for a moment. Consistent gasps and no ways. I'm also someone that can find minute things to be scary, like prolonged silence, the dark, and jump scares. So from my perspective, I found this movie to be a little spooky and very badass, especially the women. I super appreciate how strong they are. Alice still has a heart, and it never goes dull no matter the situation 
And no, well, and it never goes dull no matter the situation and is still a badass. I love the concept. I feel like it was executed, executed phenomenally. And I look forward to watching the rest of these movies. 10 out of 10. Wow. Oh, ranting are we just, and raving. are we mean? <laughs> no, I, no, we, Edgar, if, this is what happened. Mean yes. if, if we started, if we were to start judging that person, that's where we'd be mean. That's where I've come to terms of like, you can have your polarizing opinion, but if, if someone else has that opinion, you start judging them like, oh, well, you just don't like good. That's just flat out objectively not a good, good movie because I say it's not. And so you're an idiot. It's like that kind of attitude is. But if you don't, yeah, like what you like, like what you don't or like don't like what you don't, whatever. But it's like, don't well, you're going to be very but, judgmental to critics. I feel like that's OK to be like critics yeah, are fun to talk shit on. Yeah, yeah. those are fun because they're like yeah. so they're like, you know, my opinion makes is like matters. <laughs> And they also, you know, always typically have, you know, these lines that are so critic, you know. Yeah, like they're smelling their own farts sort of stuff. But and that's, their- and that's fun and for what it is. And their opinions to an extent does matter. They're like tastemakers of, of their own. But, you know, it's just fun to make fun of them because that's what they do to everyone else's criticizing. So criticizing your critic is like fair game in my <laughs> my opinion, especially going through yeah. this stuff is like, oh, yeah, that person like just, you know like it really enjoys the sound of their own voice or something. But to an extent I have a podcast, so it's like, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> who are we to say, who are we to say, you know, if anything, we're envious of somebody like the last, uh, you know, the last person. Cause yeah, you're just, they're like, fun to you read this. Mm-hmm. You know, they're you fun. love this and I, I want to love things too. <laughs> yeah. And they help me I'm form like, my opinions about how to put them, put my opinions together. This whole, this whole process of going through these reviews, like helps me like, get me ready for our, our final our score yeah, yeah sure. um let's go to richard caballero titled the best video game adaptation i'm a big fan of the resident evil games and i was so excited by the prospect of this film coming out especially since one of my favorite directors was doing it i was a huge fan of both mortal Kombat and event horizon i absolutely love this movie and i still do this adaptation is sort of a prequel to the first game The movie centers around a young woman that awakes in a shower with no memory of who she was and why she was there. Soon after, she discovers that the house she was in was on top of a top-secret facility facility tat stored bioweapons. One was released and has transformed the recently dead into zombies from people to animals. The movie plays out as if you were playing the game and you are her character, learning about herself and leveling up. The movie is highly atmospheric and very entertaining. Mia Jovovich is such a badass, and the movie is so stylish with an amazing score by Marilyn Manson. It's not flawless. Michelle Rodriguez's performance is a bit extra, and some of the digital effects have not aged Oh, that's the problem? Oh, God. Uh, That being said, it's still fun and surprisingly scary. This is more of a horror film than the rest and pays homage to the undead classics of yesteryear lovingly. I know a lot of people don't really care for it, but this is definitely my thing. Plus, it has the best cliffhanger ending of any movie ever made. What? And then they put the numbers. They say budget 32 million, domestic box office 40 million, worldwide box office 103 million. Um, I could do one more. This one is all in all caps, and I could read it that way if you want. Yes, yell it. Oh, no. (laughs) But in the monotone Sam Neill voice. Okay. This is from Walt titled one of the greatest horror franchises. If you are relatively young, you may never have seen this franchise. The first film grossed over hundred million, which was a great deal of money. Then 
It went on to produce a half a dozen sequels, all excitement, all excellent, and was similar to the development of series such as Alien and Predator. A huge multinational corporation, i.e. the Umbrella Corporation, has an underground facility called the Hive. Highly dangerous experiments occur here. When one of them gets out of hand, a military team is sent in. The special effects are among the best of any film ever made, and the tension is breathtaking. There is profanity and extreme violence, so be advised. One of the greatest horror films ever made. Enjoy! I went all over the place with who I was. <laughs> I, turned into, I turned into P.T. Barnum at the end. Oh, yeah, you did. Because um, you seemed like it was really true. Like, come on, come on to the... To the Hugh to Jackman the P.T. Barnum. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, the happy, good mm-hmm. P.T. Barnum that never did anything <laughs> wrong. Um, he just wants people to have dreams. Can you imagine if someone... I don't know, like Brandon and I, if you like are getting more into horror stuff more recently, it's like if someone sat us down, like, oh, I'm going to show you the greatest horror movie ever made. Mm-hmm. And they show you this. Be like, I'm Oof. never going to watch a horror movie ever again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that preludes my what I think of this movie. But I don't know, like if you guys have any comments about polarizing nature, otherwise we'll jump into final thoughts. Like it just seems like, yeah, with all these video game movies, it's kind of been a theme of just critics like this is probably better as a game. I don't get it. It's like overstuffed with stuff that I don't get or care about. And it's it seems like cheaply made or, or something is, is kind of like, or the, the dialogue and the characters don't seem to be fully fleshed out sort of, sort of thing. Um, for sure. But it, yeah. Any other comments on that? And then Edgar, I'd, I'd like to hear your, uh, your final thoughts and score if you want to take us away first. Yeah. Uh, I would say I would ignore the critics on this just because like you said, they aren't great at, judging video game movies because if they don't play the game they don't understand the context the feel the the love of this franchise so to them to me like that's it's they're relevant almost um i it's it's hit or miss for me because there are some fun parts i think i'm trying to think back to my childhood when i watched this at the time i did like it i think the action was cool i just didn't like that they like went so far from the source material but as if if a film by itself if you're looking for an action film with maybe some horror elements to it, it's fine. Um, but being a Resident Evil fan, like to me, it it just it was a little too far off for me. Um, the music, it was now thinking back, like at, at the time, it seemed normal. But now watching it now in, in 2022 context, it was it was loud and kooky, like we all said. <laughs> so it was just that like threw me off. I was like, I don't remember that. I just genuinely didn't remember that just my like young brain just was accustomed to that type of music. I think there's the a lot time. of movies that were, that had that in it at the time. Yeah. yeah. So maybe at the time, like looking back, I was like, Oh yeah, I like the film. It was cool. But now I was like, Oh, this, this film did not age well. So I, I will say being the first movie in the resident evil franchise, like making that, that first step, it's hard. I have to give the director credit where credits due because like, you know, it, you know, they did it. They did a decent job. And obviously became successful and they made so many different films that were, you know, worldwide hits essentially, because they made a lot of money and it did help main, I guess, become make resident evil name, a more mainstream type of, uh, internet intellectual property among the world. Cause mostly it was just video game people. And that's a very small subsection of the population. So with that, I will say out of a hundred, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to give it like a solid 75 um it's i i like it because to me it's still a video game movie that i think did well 
there's definitely other video game movies that did not do a good job. And so I think this one in the grand scheme of like video game to uh to movie fran like adaptations is a little bit better than some of the other ones that have been out there. But to me, um it's just it like we said, it's tone deaf, it's loud and kooky, but then also the horror elements of it were some parts were okay, some parts were okay. I can't fault it because they were trying to get a wide like a mainstream audience to come and enjoy this film. So I get that part. I want I don't want to be so critical either because again, at the end of the day, it's supposed to be entertainment. So that's why I give it a 75 because it has some elements here and there. It's like, it's, you know, cherry picking from the best parts of Resident Evil, but unfortunately they, they didn't get the best parts in my opinion. But then I think at the end of the day, it's still a fun film. Even if we like to like maybe talk a little bit crap about it, it's, <laughs> it was, it was still enjoyable. I, I didn't dislike it. And I never wanted to like turn it off or like say, you know what? This movie is just absolute crap. No way. I, I finished it and I was like, okay, that was a journey. That was, that was something. So that's, that's how I feel. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Brandini, do you want to go next? Sure, I'll go next. Um, so, I mean, okay, so I'm going to bring a lot of context because we're doing this as part of a series and it's something that is now becoming a consistent trend or at least being able to be more easily identified um, when it comes to just like where successes happen in a video game movie. And so we had just come off the heels of watching a Warcraft movie where I feel like a lot of the criticisms that critics give that movie is, is because it, it if anything, it, 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 requ- it requires too much of you to understand the source material because it doesn't really give a shit about holding your hand through it and isn't really, um, yeah, it doesn't spend a lot of time, like really giving you a lot of specific information about who, what relationships are, where people are, you know, all of that, even though it does give you a basic story, then ultimately is all you really need in order like not know and enjoy it and you know then after having seen uncharted where it's like you really uncharted is only just taking names and then uh, very very this movie is more similar to an uncharted and that these this type of movie was relatively popular at this time and they're really just adding resident evil to the title and there are yes very there are some parts of uh the video game franchise that make it into the movie but overall the feeling is vastly different than what the games are and um and so yeah i would say that this movie is really unsuccessful and not it doesn't cater well to uh, hardcore uh fans of the franchise which i think if you were to just like you know put your eggs in a basket on something and you know it may not pay off and may pay off the better like horse to bet on here is to give the fans as much of like make this movie as similar to the game as possible because then the fans will at least appreciate it and ultimately that's the core base that you you should appease sure you could get you know get you can make it so that it is a hard you know nut to crack from somebody who isn't familiar with the franchise and that is a a problem that you can run into but yeah i think it's better to lean on it being similar to the game, so the those the game fans are happy about the movie, and I I just have a hard time imagining any of the game fans being overly thrilled, especially if they had played, um, you know, some of the earlier entries into the franchise, because obviously like the newer ones movie, and yeah, like I was uh yeah not not uh didn't really care uh for the mood the overall story of it and it, yeah just had very little like scant um uh nods to the game 
Um, so yeah, I just I left it kind of you know, like would I ever watch that again? No, not really. Um, would I recommend this to anybody? Not even like it, it's tough, right? Because even if you were like you know in the situation like with you coming on this podcast, right? I, I hadn't seen the movie yet, um, but I was like, well, you've played the games. Like at least we'll have fun talking about how the game similarities whatever and there's just so little of that so it'd be hard to recommend to somebody who's like oh yeah i played biohazard or played village maybe some of the newer entries whatever and like oh yeah you got to check out that resident evil movie i would never i wouldn't do that because there's nothing really that like you would get enjoyment out of because you're not like yeah you're not it's that itch isn't really getting scratched like oh man yeah this is like the game or this character so on and so forth so really, I just I overall like, and then what? Well, then you compound it by it's just so loud at times, and just <laughs> and, and uh, um, also visuals, just overall camera work. We didn't talk about too much of the gameplay style. I mean, I guess we uh, touched on it here, and there. but yeah, it's like uh, nausea inducing at times <laughs> because there are a lot of cuts where it will cut into a, a a focused person, and it'll cut to multiple focused in people, and it's just it's so jarring to like come into a scene or come into a frame and you're so close into stuff and it just it's yeah it's uh, yeah not doesn't look good um doesn't look good doesn't appeal to the fans so yeah i'm not gonna be i'm sorry but i am not gonna be kind of this movie i'm gonna give this movie a 21 percent uh yeah i mean to to riff off some of those things that you were talking about both of you guys it's like yeah as far as a sensory experience it wasn't like my favorite sort of piece of entertainment to uh, take a ride on uh, it to an extent it's yeah it is like entertaining in terms of like it kind of goes and goes and goes like pretty quickly but also very much to its detriment when I took the time to uh, check out the game <clears throat> this past week like Resident Evil 2 which is a, a classic rightfully so it was it was such a blast to play <laughs> um, and and hearing about Brandon you know uh, go through his experience with that game hearing, hearing from Edgar as well it's like there's there's a, a tried and true formula with the game in a lot of ways. You didn't have to stick to it like 100%, but it's just like, why not? Some of those things that were just so obvious were like, I don't know. In that second one, the, there was almost like a very clear like first, second act, third act sort of structure of like you you arrive at the police station as Leon. You start to, you know, uncover the the mystery of something's not right. And then you have to, then you go under the sewers is like the second part kind of, and you go and well, you go into the police, uh, the parking garage, then you go into the sewers and the sewers lead to the umbrella corporation. And then at the end, things reveal that are much deeper, you know, figuratively and literally than you originally thought. And there's a, a much bigger, bigger conspiracy and things start to get revealed at the end. And this, by the time, you know, you're at the end, it's like, you're just kind of exhausted because they didn't take their time and and breadcrumbing things out properly to make the payoff worthwhile. And it was just all in all in your face all at once, uh, rather than being a a slow burn, which are some of my more favorite, like horror movies. If this were to be, this definitely has horror elements. And yeah, some of my favorites are like the claustrophobic ones like alien and the thing and stuff like that. And so there's a there's a world in which this movie could have been really great in in that in that way of like, hey, we're stuck in the hive or, hey, we're stuck in this mansion with zombies and, uh, you know, not even being the biggest zombie movie fan, whatever. It's like I, I think I was very open to enjoying this. I don't think it fulfilled what I would have wanted it to be. And maybe I did want it to be uh, more horror or something that something different than what it was. And so that's kind of hard to criticize something where it's like, well, it just wasn't trying to be that it was trying to be its own separate thing, which is 
yeah, an action movie, I think. And uh, even even for that, it took a while to get to the zombies, you know, which is which is fine if they built it up better. But uh, by that point, you start to realize that there's the tension is dissipates arrives and dissipates so quickly that it's hard to really like uh, have a handle on anything long enough to to care. Um, but I think I'm being pretty hard on it. If I, if I were, I want to give some, some positive elements, uh, you know, I like techno music. There's like, there was like one kind of motif techno song that I think was kind of more the theme of it that I did kind of like that sort of coming back into play where it was like a minor kind of like, I don't know, like piano sort of riff in the background. I kind of liked, uh, and then yeah, Mia Jovovich's performance. I think she's a fucking action star, like hands down, like, and things I've seen her in, she just, she just rules as like physicality and, and doing action scenes. And she seems completely willing to uh, put herself out there for, for these, for these action scenes. Michelle Rod- Rodriguez was pretty solid. Um, looking at the behind the scenes, I started to appreciate some of the puppetry of the liquor and some of the practical effects of the train and the models and uh, stuff like that. Uh, but overall, it's a shame to see, you know, easy, potential go to something that's like bloated when it could be much more simplified. And, uh, but I also, yeah, it is hard to be on this side of the aisle when there are so many sequels and other movies that have been made out of this to be like, Oh, well, am I weird for not enjoying it? Um, as much, but no, it's like, I, I, I accept that it's just not, maybe not my cup of tea. Uh, but yeah, it's weird. It's like, I almost am kind of interested in like the sequel in a weird fucking way. I'm like, Ooh, what's going to happen with that guy? He's like, I kind of want to see, but then I know I'm going to like, I just feel like it's, it's almost masochistic. I'm going to be like, watch the next one and be like, Oh, I don't like this one either. Oh, but I got to find out. Oh, give me a little bit more. And, uh, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll, I'll report back if I watch that, that second one. Um, I definitely want to join up for event horizon with, with Edgar next time, but, uh, for my score, I'll give it, um, I'll give it a 36%. Uh, I was like something 30 between thirties and forties. I think I was kind of feeling throughout my viewing. Um, and yeah, it's like, as far as recommending it, it would be, yeah, it's a diehard like resident evil fans that haven't seen the movie, but it would also be like with a fat fucking grain of salt. It'd be like, Hey, you know, not full like last airbender, like, Oh, go see that last airbender movie. I would like never tell someone to do that, but <laughs> yeah. like not that full that extent, but it'd just be like, yeah, like turn it off. If it starts to get boring or like, I, I don't know, or just do something else with, with your life or like clean or uh, do something else in the background and see, see if it uh, tickles your fancy. But for the av- for like just a person who's either not a gamer and ever doesn't give a shit about resident evil, it's like going to mean nothing to you. I feel like, um, and there's just better versions of like zombie stuff out, out there. There's so much zombie stuff um, that, and there's new resident evil stuff that there's a TV show that just got fucking put on uh, Netflix. So, I mean, you could just go watch that uh, if you want to check something out, I'm sure. Um, and I think there was another, there's a rack, there was a movie that came out and a TV show. I think that like just recently came out. That's re- resident evil. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go, go check the new stuff out, I, I guess, or like whatever fucking walking five different five, uh, walking dead shows that they have available to you. Um, but anyways, yeah, uh, don't want to be too hard, but we'll just, we'll move on to, uh, my little game. If you guys want to yeah. play a little, yeah, little game before it. we wrap things up here, if, if you don't mind indulging me for a second. Um, so this is the game magnetized. Uh, you gentlemen are going to be given a 
name of a movie. Edgar, you will be going first as our guest. You will have okay. to guess the number that is the rating across the board for both audiences and critics on Rotten Tomatoes. So, Ooh. for example, last week we did Avatar and it was an 82%. Or, uh, or last time, I don't know it was last week, but last time we did Avatar, it was 82% for both audiences and critics. So we're just looking for that number. Um, it's one number. Yeah. No, worry, no worries about going over. I don't give a shit about uh, Price is Right rules. So just whoever's closest. Um, so I'll, I'll let you go first here. Let's go with the original Lion King, a movie that was our inaugural episode was the Lion King of, uh, was it 2015, 29? I forget, 2015? Uh, the, the remake of Lion King we did for our Live very action. first episode. But this is the original that has the same rating for audiences and critics. What do you think that number is? Hmm. I know it's really good. I feel like it's a really highly rated because it's classic, iconic. I want to give it an 84. 84 Ooh. on the board for Lion King, the original from Edgar. Brandon, what is your choice? 88. 88. You're going a little bit higher. And that was the smart move. It is a 93. Oh, I was going to say Ron, to, Ron Tomatoes. It is, it is very popular. Very, very popular. Oh. Congrats. Congrats, Brandon. <laughs> uh, let's go with uh, The Predator is our next movie. And this is going to Brandon. The Predator. What, what year did this is the Shane Black one, I believe, is mm -hmm. uh, who directed it. Um, and this has the same score on both. Wait, sorry, is this the original, the original, very first one? No, this yeah. that one is Predator. Oh, oh, this one is the somewhat forgotten, pretty much doesn't exist movie because they already came out with Prey. This is from 2018, The Predator. They tried to reboot it, and oh, the yes, the more recent, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. 2018. It's got, yes, okay. uh, let's see, what is the cast? Adrian Brody? Boyd Holbrook, Munn, Jacob Tremblay, Keegan-Michael uh, Keegan Key's in it, Olivia Munn, Thomas Jane. There oh, it is. There he is. Is in it. Alfie Allen, who is, uh, what's his face, Theon? Sterling K. Brown. Uh, if you guys are not familiar with this movie at all, we can do I've a different one. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. but so we, can do a, we can do a different one if you'd like. I we think can, I got it. We can do a pass. If you guys. No, let's do it. Let's do it. Unanimous vote on the pass. Go. You want to do it, Brandon? All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Brandon, first. It is a 67%. We got 67 from Brand, the great Brandini on the board. All right. What do you, th what are you thinking, Edgar? It was, it's 2018. Shane Black, I think, is. I feel, uh, like it, I feel like it was not very. I feel like it didn't get a good rating. God, I never saw it. So I didn't see it, it either. I'm going to guess a little lower. So I'm going to do 50. Let's do solid 60. 60%. Okay. It is a 33%. <laughs> People did not like gonna, it. And so no. they decided to go in a new direction and, and they came out with that prey movie. I, I don't know what properties are going where, but it's, they did the prey movie, which is very different, but. And good. they nailed it. Good. It was really good. It was good. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it's good um all right well we are doing best two out of three 
and that Ooh. makes it a tie ball game. Ooh, let's go. Big one. Ooh, well, so let's let's look through my through my options here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's go with. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a little movie called Sleepless in Seattle. Oh wow! Wow. Have you seen this oh. movie? Again, if I make it, this is a new rule I'm going to add. If you guys vote, both vote to pass, I will pass. Or if the guest votes to pass, that's fine. I guess privileges. I've, I've never seen it. Is wait, is that the one with Tom Hanks? Yes, and Meg Ryan. We can and do a different Ryan. one. I've never seen it, but I'm vaguely familiar. I feel like just sentiment. I don't know. All right, let's Brandon? do let's do a different yeah, one. Let's do, let's do let's a different pass. one. That's you have no way to to judge it. I think you've seen this one. Let's do super bad. Ooh. Okay. It's fun. So Edgar, it is your your move. What's what's the thermometer reading on those tomatoes? I don't know how that how it works. <laughs> Rotten or fresh? It's not a thermometer. I'm not that sure what a, it is. That was a fun film. I'm gonna give it a 79. 79. All right, 79. Brandini. One second. Decides it all, all the all the polarized points in the kingdom. I don't know. Eighty five percent. Eighty five percent from Brandini, and for the win, because it is an eighty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Very close. I was two, like, two oh my god! Away. I was like, this, I was totally wrong. I thought Edgar had that. It, Oh, you guys are both extremely close. I mean, those are very good readings. I tried to throw you off with the predator and I kind of did. Cause that one was just like, I'm going to go, go with a, it's hard to find those low ones. <laughs> Dang. All right. Well, that was, a, that was fun, fun game. I oh, hope he, you guys had a good time. Brandon won on a show. That's, that's rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you won last time too. And our, our past guest, Danny was, uh, I think he had a pretty good time, but I think he, he was getting competitive. I, I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm glad that people have a good time. I love with it. it. Um, that's cool i'll have to come up with more segments and things like it uh but for now edgar i feel like we've taken so much of your time let's let's move on to wrapping things up here uh our next movie i will announce brandini i believe you already know and we've agreed, we've agreed upon it we will be doing and talk we will be watching and discussing another video game uh adaptation mm-hmm which I'm not sure how much longer this train will go, but we're, we're doing this next one and it is silent Hill from 2006, the movie, uh, based on the very popular selling video game. And it has a 32% by the critics and a 63% by audience. I will read the, the description, the synopsis, the premise unable to accept the fact that her daughter is dying. Rose decides to take the girl to a faith healer. On the way, the pair drive through a portal in reality, leading to an mm. eerie town called Silent Hill. The town is surrounded by a potent darkness, and the human survivors fight a losing battle against it. Let's uh, see what it's about next week. Uh, Edgar, thank you so much for joining us. Thank uh, you for having me. This was a lot of fun. This can, was a great first <laughs> first time. Hell yeah, dude. I couldn't Glad thank you enough. And oh. yeah, I really would look forward to if you ever want to come back, Event Horizon or any other movie that, that you're feeling. You know, if uh another Paul W. S. Anderson revisit is too much for you, we can we can do anything your heart desires. It's a true again, true pleasure. It was so much fun tonight. Um, is there anything you wanna share with our our small uh kingdom? I know you got a twi- Twitch channel out there that you might be streaming soon. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to try to stream some more games. If you guys are into Battlefield 1 or Battlefield 5, love it. But no, this was so much fun. I what's, your, realized... uh, what's your handle or your whatever it is on uh, twitch.tv slash... Mr. Big Papa. Mr. Big Papa. That's such a Mr. Big Papa. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. No, this was fun. You guys have a great show. I love it. I love I need to watch more movies. I feel like man, I always feel that up. way, man. Yeah. I there's always there's never enough time, but we got to make time for some good films and can then have these great discussions. That's what makes it all about. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah, even oh, yeah. if we weren't in recording a podcast and you know, we're off the airwaves, like and it's happened. I forgot to hit record one before it's happened you still have a great time just hanging out talking about movies with, with the bud so it's like the the main thing we do here and i'm so glad that uh you joined you joined us uh brandini you mind if i wrap things up here please do if you want to reach out to us in any way uh we do these things live you can watch it as it's happening we just mentioned twitch.tv slash polarized pod we're streaming uh they're weekly usually and you can also reach us on Twitter at the same place, Polarize Pod. If you want to send us an email, polarizethepod at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions or uh, movie ideas or uh, anything else you want to express, uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, bleep, bloop, blop on uh, Apple Podcasts and wherever you, uh, you are listening to this right now. And thank you for stopping by. Thank you for joining us for this Resident Evil episode. We'll see you next week for Silent Hill. Another spooky time in a spooky place. To you, sirs. Goodbye. Bye bye. Good night and <laughs> sweet dreams. <laughs> <laughs>